0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not Another Isekai. Oh, man. This week, we got some anime, of course. Um, this week, I feel like I say this uh, most weeks, but this week in particular, I think every anime was uh, just really good. <laughs> just like every episode was bringing its A-game. I think I talked about this last week where it's like we're already about halfway through... Right, we're um, right in the middle ish of May, which means we're, we're smack dab in the middle of the season. Right, six weeks in, we got six weeks left. Um, other than Vinland Saga, which is kind of cheating because it's two it's weeks or it's two cores, so we're uh, three quarters of the way through that one. Um, pretty much every other show were anywhere from like episode five to episode seven, right? So that like halfway point. And so, I talked about it last week where it's like now. Every show is going to start really bringing it because it's like, OK, we're past the initial like setup of the show, like we're we've already introduced, like the characters, the, you know, kind of what the story is going to be, at like, least the baseline. So now it's like, OK, now we are acting upon all that stuff, maybe getting some twists already and maybe, you know, now instead of setting up the show, now many of the seasons are setting up the the end of the show rather than just the show in general. Um, you know, so I think that has a lot to do with why so many episodes this week, or again, I think pretty much every episode, and we'll get into it, obviously, but pretty much every show was just really, really good. Um, so let's get into the shows then. We got Villain Saga Season 2, Episode 18. Um, this one was finally the the episode that we've been waiting for, (laughs) for many, many weeks. Um. You know kind of hard to tell when it was going to happen because there's only there's only so many uh you know there's so many other kind of storylines that are going on with what Thorfinn's doing what a and doing Arnheid, Snake, Spherical um you know we introduced a guard already, you know like all these other characters that got introduced it's kind of tough to understand where it's coming from but we finally got Kanu and Floki and you know their their army or whatever they're closing in right they say what like two to three days they'll be there by um Floki doesn't understand why they're going themselves. They're like, ah, oh, the other... I forget what the other name of the... The other, like, army or whatever is called. But he's like, oh, they could have taken care of it. But Canute wants to go there himself. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think. Um, because to me... The whole, like, war thing. It's like, okay, this is, this is kind of what we've grown to love about this show. I mean, the first season at least, right? Like, season two, we haven't seen too much. We saw a little bit of it when... Um, when Aenar was, you know, getting captured, <laughs> um, the very brutal sequence there. Uh, but other than that, not really too much. So we've seen hints of it, you know, a lot with Thorfinn, right. Um, but not a whole lot of like war, a lot of fighting, a lot of violence that we grew to just expect from the first season. So it's like, okay, when, when are we getting that again? Are we not getting it at all because of Thorfinn kind of turning a leaf, I'm um, turning his entire leaf uh, but it looks like we're getting it, again it's tough though for like our, our main characters right because i feel like i don't know i feel like if you're watching the show you're rooting for thorfinn and his team right like i don't think you'd be rooting for canoe and floki uh maybe you are i don't know so to me i'm rooting for thorfinn and them and i'm like i don't know you know thorfinn thorfinn is a little rusty you know we you know we saw that from you know from him and snake you know, Little Ray has fought in a long time, you know, I mean, he can still hold his own, but he's not that, like, demon of the battlefield that he used to be, right? And then even if he was, this is Canute and his army, this is Flo- like, the the short little battles between him and Floki in the first season were, like, they were, they were incredible, you know? Like, now I'm like, I don't think Thorfinn could take out Floki, honestly, unless he trained for a little bit and like got got the muscle memory working with like his actual conscious brain um and then even other than that like it's like ainar's not a fighter like he's big ish you know he's 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 kind of big but he's not really a fighter like none of the mercenaries are 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 particularly good you know except for snake you know snake's a monster but even that's like is that enough like then we have everyone else and it's like there's really not many other people um defending the farm right it's just Snake and his people so like every everyone else is just regular civilians like farmers and whatever it's like they're just bodies at that point they're not actually going to make a huge difference um and then we have the family right like um i mean omar isn't anything crazy we know that like he might get lucky but he's probably going to go pretty quickly in like a real fight um Pater, I think, is a wild card. I think he could low key be like a really good fighter, but he could also not. <laughs> you know, we don't really know too much about him other than he was, you know, a slave and then he earned his way to not be a slave. Um Thorgul is, is a beast, you know. But like even that like I don't know him compared to actual people. Like I know I mean he I mean he did take out a few soldiers. Um but I feel like the element of surprise was there. You know, where it's like they weren't really looking for an all out war in that moment. Um, and then also him versus someone like Floki, which which I deem is like one of the one of the craziest people ever. It's like we, we haven't really seen him fight someone of that caliber. Um, so I don't know. And then the dad, I feel like is, is the biggest wild card where it's like he kind of build up this legend. And like we're not quite sure how true that legend actually is. You know, if it was like oh, super true, and then he kind of regretted it, or if it was like he just got lucky a few times and he was able to spread a story. Um, although we do have at the very end, which which we'll get into, because that's like the big part of this episode. But um, and then we have the end, though, where I feel like there may be some, maybe more than some, truth to um, you know to those legends. You know, of him. I, if, I forget what his nickname was. It was it, it was something. Um, it was like Iron Kettle or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, we do see some of that. And, you know, so like maybe he is a beast, but it's like, I just don't know. Like it's tough because at best they have, you know, you know, in terms of people that I feel like could make a difference. They have Kettle, Thorgal, Snake, and Thorfinn, really just four people like there's a few others that might be okay and then everyone else are just like again regular farmers or like you know caretakers or whatever it's like they're, again they're, they're just body you know they're just there to be a shield to the real fighters so it's like really they have at best like four really really good fighters um r- for really really good warriors and then they're facing literally an entire army like i forget how many people that Canute said he was going to bring there but it was like tens of thousands right <laughs> you know like what wasn't it like a crazy number and kettle's farm does not have nearly that many people on it so it's like i don't i don't know man i mean it's gonna be i mean next episode again there's still a little bit more that we want to talk about this episode but ne- next episode is titled like war on the farm or something so we, we are getting it you know there are no more sidetracks um we're getting the actual battle, so I'm very, very, very interested to see what that actually is, because it's, like, what, like, how can Thor, how how can Kettle and his farm win against an actual army of tens of thousands, you know, I just, I just don't see it, you know, and then what happens to our people, because I'm gonna sit here, and I'm, and I'm gonna assume that Kettle loses, you know, unless there's some crazy plot armor or something that, that causes beat canute um what happens to them then you know i mean obviously if we're talking about like death because that's like the the biggest thing that could happen to a character in a story for the most part um like ending their character right it's like thorfinn's not going to die because then what would the rest of the show be you know um but yeah i don't know i don't know that's crazy um and then some other some other crazy stuff in the episode really just like the the big thing was kettle coming back you know this was another question too where it's like one kettle comes back what is he gonna do because there are some <laughs> there are some events that happened when he was gone and um we see what happened right he was told what happened he came back to Arnide and he uh committed some violence <laughs> against her um That was that was really hard to watch. I didn't think that was gonna happen because Kettle has been built up as you know, uh, in the beginning of the show when we were ignorant, he was this like, um, this like, like gargoyle. <laughs> that's probably not the right word. Like, golem, golem of a man, right? Golem, yeah, like the like the big iron or like stone golem people. He was like one of those, right, where he was like ruthless, you know, and then we learn more about him, and it's like, oh, he's actually really not that way, or at least he's not anymore, um, you know, he's he's not that person, right, you know, and that's why he's even like admitted like he, you know, he is scared of of his son because his son is a monster, um, it needs to be stopped, (laughs) um, so like I wasn't expecting it, and then for him to hit her with the, um, with the branch, I was gonna say stick, but it's more of a branch, um, i i at first i thought okay that was just out of emotion right like a lot of things are happening right now not only the Arnhide stuff in front of him to kind of be the, the straw that broke the camel's back but also like the weight of just his family in general you know omar you know omar doing what he did um kind of being the person you know him him you know struggling with having to deal with thorgal and then the obvious you know the the immediately preceding events of what actually happened with, you know, the, the, the deaths of the canoe soldiers and him having to deal with that, um, there's just so many things, you know, and then obviously him being told about the Arnheid stuff and being told about the Gardar stuff, about people being killed, so many things are kind of coalescing, you know, some stuff that just immediately happened and some stuff that's been on his mind for so long, um, because we've seen it, right, we've seen even, you know, the scenes with him and Arnheid, uh, alone and him kind of, uh, confessing almost a lot of these things that weigh on his mind so a lot of things together just emotion right which doesn't excuse it but um like the first instance made sense to me for his character and then she was like hey stop you know i have a child it's yours all that stuff and then him just go off and see red was was very hard to watch um wasn't a fan of that 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 was definitely a moment where i was like "Ooh, okay we're kind of turning on kettle a little bit (laughs) you know we kind of like Kettle because uh, you know up until this point you know and i mean he even says it a little bit too where he's like oh you know i have all this stuff i've done you know i've, I've built this up you know and even you know he was the one one of the few people that we looked at and was like really good because we're like oh he's you know he owns slaves which i guess is bad right <laughs> you know just just generally but he treats them with more res, with i guess as much respect as you can treat a slave again it's still bad you know um you know in general <laughs> but you know at least he's like you know he, you know with the specificness of like you know Thorfinn and Aenar where it's like hey well you know you can you, you can earn your spot you know we're not I'm you know I'm not gonna you know and then even with them being there you know he does kind of take their side in some things and he does kind of help them out you know it's not just he doesn't just use them as like animals I guess which is, is the least <laughs> that anyone can do to like still be looked at as like sort of a good person I guess um but then this moment is like oh, you can't do that man you almost you almost beat her to death over this you know over stuff that from a certain perspective you can say that she deserved it from, from many other perspectives you can say that you were taking out other stuff on her and she is a slave right you know, like she is technically your property so i guess on paper you can do whatever you want but you know and then even snake comes in and stopped him right and eventually you know it was like hey you don't you know reading between the lines he was like you don't really want this you know you're just you're just upset over a lot of other stuff as well and being able to stop him but um you know so but almost almost killed her you know almost killed her over something over many other things that had nothing to do with her and so that that was really tough you know you know i think that really turned thorfinn and anar on kettle um you know because up until that point they were pretty cool with him you know like i said their little arrangement they had but yeah man that was that was really the the biggest moment I feel like for me where it was just like this is a this is the bad scene <laughs> not 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 a good not not a fan of what he's what he's, uh what he's throwing down here um and then all to, you know to, to cap that off with him being like you know leaf is there yeah you can take Thorfinn and anar which technically aren't really slaves anymore because you know the the moment that kettle stepped foot on the farm again that was like their go ahead to be like all right you know Thorfinn and Anar are free now right because that's, you know, that's what he said, he was like, hey, you, you, you're you free when I come back, you know, so unless he were to go back on his word, they're free, but um Arnheid is not, you know, Arnheid is still mine, and it's like, oh, that's so tough, you know, because it's like, and he's not even willing to sell her, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, you just almost beat her to death with supposedly your child in her, and it's like, yeah, because now we just want what's best for Arnide, You know, <clears throat> we may not completely agree with her, um, her approach when it came to trying to free her and Gardar, but um, she she definitely didn't deserve that. She she didn't deserve that at all. So it's taught me, you know, because that I mean that right there is what's gonna keep Thorfinn and Anar there. You know, I think that's what we're talking about in earlier episodes where it's like, well, with Thorfinn and Anar free, like, what you know what else would they do and it's like oh you know they, they might take him up on his offer and work there but they may also not want to like you know they don't want to work on a farm for the rest of their lives for somebody else you know they might want to try to do something and like make something of themselves uh in- independently and it's like well a big thing especially for Aenar and then possibly for Thorfinn would be Arnheid still being here and wanting to like be with her you know um which the Gardar stuff made it more complicated now the Kettle stuff makes it more complicated so um and now that Canute and them are coming here, it's like that's gonna make it more complicated, especially for Thorfinn. You know, like, you know, like you know, Arnhund is a strong bond here for anar but I feel like Canute and Floki are a big connection for Thorfinn. So it's like it's gonna be interesting, man. There's gonna be a lot of uh, next episode's gonna pop off. You know, it really is. <laughs> there's only one, I believe there's 24 episodes, 25. It's usually something like that for these two cores. um you got about six episodes left, so I feel like these last six episodes are gonna be insane. Uh, but yeah villain saga really really good so like killing it uh next though we got hell's paradise episode seven um this was pretty cool um this was another episode where i feel like was setting up a lot of stuff to pop off for the for kind of the rest of the show um they meet this uh this little pink haired child um i wrote down that that she was iron fist (laughs) Cause if you, um, obviously Iron Fist is a, so, so, Iron Fist is a Marvel comic, uh, superhero. Um, haven't really read a lot of comics, but I did start the whole, like, uh, like, you know, Netflix did a bunch of Marvel shows, uh, kind of, well, not really before the MCU, uh, but kind of separate from the MCU. Um, so kind of separate from like Iron Man and Thor and all that stuff. And uh, one of them was Iron Fist. I feel like Iron Fist was one of the lesser received shows. I feel like it was cool though. Um, I still haven't finished all like the netflix universe stuff so i'm kind of in the middle of that but um iron fist is kind of a character where the main power is that he can draw energy to his fist and punch really hard i guess that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it boiled down that's kind of his power and that's uh, kind of what this child did <laughs> like punch the energy out of gabimaru um so that was cool and uh but it is still a child though right so gabimaru kind of made her cry and that was really sad it's like oh no <laughs> Um, and then, and then Groot was there. Another Marvel character, kind of just a tree man. Um, but this episode, you know, w- with the oddities, kind of in the in the first quarter of the episode, um, this episode was, was was a lot of like confirming stuff. A lot of, um, again, a lot of setting up. But I feel like for the next, I mean, again, this episode seven, so it's like there's maybe like five episodes left. So like, you know, Groot. <laughs> I should call him Groot. I know he said he has a different name, but I, I just think of him as Groot. Um, he basically confirmed that the elixir of life is real. Um, kind of explained the whole thing, the whole like uh, setup of the island, and explained the the tensin. Um, so basically, the the, the tensin they're immortal. They kind of uh, you know they're like the protectors of the island. Um, they command the soshin, which are the other creatures that Gabimaru and his and crew have faced up until this point. The other like creatures and weird like uh human spirit mixture people um you know again that that they fall up until this point um and, and the Tencent are um I don't know how many of them there are but we did as an example we did keep cutting to those other two characters that the that the brothers were facing like pink-haired and yellow-haired uh characters that are immortal and they super powerful right like they they like directly feed off the energy um of the island so that's why they're immortal and they're super powerful and all, all that stuff um and uh as Groot was explaining it we had this great again really kind of you know obvious but also very clear and concise storytelling with him kind of explaining what the Tencent are and kind of where the Elixir of Life is, and where kind of where it comes from, and then us keep cutting back to the Tensen, fighting the brothers, and visually showing us, not only just verbally telling us, and so we see the, the brothers very much struggling against the Tensen, you know, chopping off, like, like the top third <laughs> of one of their bodies, and then it's just regrowing back, you know, showing that they're immortal, um, you know, catching the axe blade of one of the brothers, and just, like, blowing it up just again to show their power on top of their immortality and then killing them and throwing them in this pit and that kind of showing uh what they do and almost like where the elixir comes from where it's like it it literally is derived from uh trespassers um i don't think it's uh solely derived from that but um you know that is one of the you know one of the sources of it um and throwing the people in this pit not being able to come out and then they kind of turn into the the like flowers um and again also feed the energy of the island so um crazy (laughs) and and again you know that is one of the things that Tenzin do is they you know is they punish outsiders they they punish uh trespassers so that's who they're gonna have to face you know and you know Maru and them they're very skeptical of Groot but Groot was like hey man I'm not here to love you i'm not here to hate you i'm just telling you what it is you know you can believe me if you want you can think i'm lying i don't really care you know i just want you guys to leave us and leave us in peace like it's all we want you know we're, we're, not, we're not here to deceive you like me and the child are just here to live you know you know we just want to finish out living a, a peaceful life <laughs> that's all we want and you know i i respect that you know um you know so now they you know they kind of have their their setup and their goal they kind of have a, a bigger idea you know the two big things obviously are group confirming the election life is real because that was a big question of like what if it doesn't even exist you know what if everyone you know the 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 president or whatever <laughs> i don't know um you know the the, the government all you know all, all the people that kind of set this up what if they're just you know pie in the sky they're just like oh it doesn't even really exist but they think it does and they're just sending us on this mission for something that doesn't even exist isn't even real uh but yeah, that's a big thing they got confirmation there um and then also having a bigger idea a clear idea of the the threats that they'll have to face to get to it um i don't know how they're going to because again yeah, they have they have really good fighters but it's like if they're immortal how do you fight immortality you know like at, at, at that point there has to be something you know because if if, if you try to think about it it's like okay whenever you fight immortal characters like okay so we're not just going to beat them you know you know gabimaro isn't just going to beat them in a sword fight there has to be something else um there has to be some like trick to beating them right um and then yeah and then you know you know so that kind of sets up you know what I feel like the, the kind of end goal for the season is going to be. And then we just have a nice little uh, sentimental moment at the end of the show, at the end of the episode, where uh, Sakiri is helping the kid in the bath. Because um, she, you know, seems like we have all these uh, bathing, cleanliness materials, but, you know, them are open. So it's like, oh, she doesn't really have anyone to do that. Doesn't have, like, a mom or a parent in general. Um, and then it reminded Maharu of him and his wife. And she was kind of helping him, and he's. <laughs> she was like, ah, he's. He's just like a cat. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't like water. He doesn't want to get in the bath. He just kind of wants to rinse. Um, so that was that was funny. You know, it is always nice whenever we cut back to that, cause you know, one, it shows Gabi Maro's like true self, and like he's not just this like killer, or at least he's not anymore. You know, his his wife truly changed him. You know, and again, that is just showing the the strength of love, right? Where it's like, that can change who you are. That can. Make you, you know, maybe who you have always wanted to be, but you haven't had the chance to, you, you know, you haven't had the person there to, um, you know, that, you know, that you want to fight for, you know, and that you want to be better for. Um, and then he comes out of it and then he's able to, you know, he, he, he tells the kid, hey, you know, don't be embarrassed by your scars, you know, and he's like, you know, because I, you know, the most beautiful person I've ever known has a, you know, has a huge scar on her face. And it's like, oh, that's, that's great, you know? And the child finally warms up to her. Um, Sigiri has the moment where she's like, oh, wow, that was actually really, really, like, profound. And, you know, so again, it is it is more playing around with that idea of, like, are these people bad? Are they fully bad? Especially Gabimaru. It's like, is he a bad guy? Um, on the outside, yes. On the inside, maybe not, you know? He just kind of put in this, you know. He's, he's it's very much Gamara was being this character, kind of put in this position. Um, but then he met someone to make him better. He wanted to be better, but he he couldn't. Um, I mean, we even know his backstory, right? Like we learned that in what episode one, episode two, where it's like he was trying to get out of the, of the of the shinobi life, and then he was he was betrayed. You know, he was betrayed, um, forced to kill many people, framed for it. And then that's why he was set to be killed. And now he's been trying to come back from that ever since. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was Hell's Paradise. Again, setting up some good stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're setting up kind of the end of the season, I feel like. It's like, okay, we know what to expect. We know what our goal is. We know what's real. We don't have to go towards the, the center of the island we know the tensor are going to be there we have you know, we have to have a plan for them because they're they're not going to be like the social that we face so far we're gonna to have to have an actual plan and not just go in there with brute strength and kind of you know uh improv <laughs> you know so next we got konosuba an explosion on this wonderful world episode six um this was another great one you know so far it's three for three like i said every show this week was incredible um This was the kind of transitional period between uh megumin being in school and i was kind of learning a little bit of that which i still think is so funny that we have this whole show that like oh it's megumin in school learning to be like the the uh what's the word i'm looking for magician (laughs) the dark magician um but we don't really ever see them learn magic (laughs) Like, it's, it's, it's so funny that, again, you know, th- th- this is Konosuba, though, right? Like, Konosuba always takes things and kind of flips them on, you know, flips them on its head to be like, well, we don't want to be like other fantasy shows, you know? So we're going to give you a whole six episodes where you see the um, the beginnings of Megumin, but we don't actually show her in school learning magic. We show her in school learning to to like posture and you know what I mean and then just like by happenstance she learns explosion magic and now she's a master and now she you know she's first in her class and now she's leaving to be an adventure you know it's, it's it's so funny um but yeah that you know that is this kind of transition it is kind of winding down the the class school aspect of it now we're gonna see her uh you know stitching together this prequel series with with the main series um yeah i'm I'm excited to see it you know it was it did it, get pretty emotional too um you know especially towards the end so uh you know the the kind of first half has to do with her trying to get more money which i think is always a you know i always love it when they highlight this kind of character trait of megumin where like one of her character traits is that she's poor <laughs> it's so funny um and her and her union very much struggled with these odd jobs um Which is also funny because Megumin wants to be an adventurer, but she can't even, like, plant magical potatoes. (laughs) Like, even that gives her trouble. Um, And she also doesn't know other magic, which I think is going to be one of the more interesting aspects to, hopefully, the other, you know, six episodes of the season, uh, you know, before she meets meets other adventurers. Um, Although, well, I'll I'll get to that in a second, but, um, yeah, the the interesting aspect is that she doesn't know any other magic like i don't even know like all of her magic is explosion magic and so i feel like she only knows the super strong explosion spells so it's like she has to one shot everything and then just lay there and rest (laughs) until she can do anything again so it's gonna be interesting seeing her by herself i will say that going into the main show you know you know before she met her, her 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 team that we all know and love it does seem like she met with some other adventurers and like tried to join their guild um or not guild guild probably isn't the right word but so so i wonder if we'll see her at all meet like one or two other groups in this last six episodes and then just like fail with them and just show that oh they don't really want her even though she's like super powerful it's like yeah but you're just like a you're just a one-shot it's like if you fail (laughs) You're useless to everyone, and then you become a reliability. So you know, I wonder if we'll see any of that because I feel like that was part of her introduction was like, hey, no one else really wants her, um, and then she joins this group, and it's great. So that'll be cool. um Yeah, and then we have some stuff with with Chomsky. You know, rns comes in; she's an actual demon. Chomsky doesn't want to go with her. Um, She's very quick to give her up, though, to give uh, you know to give Chomsky up for three hundred thousand uh, heiress. She's like, oh man, money! <laughs> I need that for food and stuff, and to also travel to wherever she's going. I forget where it is. Um, you know, going to like the main town, main village, where she can start being an adventure. Um, but yeah, like Arnas again. They, they kind of flipped out on its head too, where it's like, oh, Arnas is kind of not great. You know, you know, she's not this like big, powerful demon that they have to be afraid of. Um, and she also can like sense like worthless men i think that has to do with the like the, like uh, gauntlet that she has and she's just like hounded by them all the time um so that has those two things going for her. <laughs> where chomsky her apparent mistress um doesn't mm-hmm. want her <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to stay with megumin and union and all that and uh, she's also completely you know you know constantly hounded um so don't see too much of her and then uh, and then we have the end which is the more emotional moment um you know she decides she's going to leave for adventure um you know we you know we see the the origin of a lot of her her style right so her staff is given to her by a bunch of her friends the eye patch is given to her by the one friend who always has it um and then the cloak that she has given to her so specifically by union so that was really cool too because you know there are a couple you know yeah there were those few aspects to her kind of character design from the main show like oh you know you know when did she get those and uh you know you never really expected them to be with such uh you know such emotional attachments uh but 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 they were and and that was nice um and yeah she's leaving she's leaving she's gone you know we even have a moment with her and her sister where you know her sister seems very strong and very independent and then it ends with her being like hey you know you know come back soon you know because it's like hey at the end of the day she's your younger sister like she doesn't want you to just leave forever and then it's immediately juxtaposed by her being like kill the demon king <laughs> and was like all right well you know I was, that was the plan but you know you could have you know you could have given me a, a like easier goal <laughs> to you know to come back to and she's like no no, no kill the demon king he's like all right well now now i have to i guess <laughs> um, um, so yeah, but yeah, that is kind of the transition, um, I don't know what's gonna be the next six episodes, kind of tough to tell, um, I feel like, you know, I feel like we can't just leave Union like that, like, I, I imagine we're gonna see a little bit more of Union. between, you know, this episode and the end, um, but I feel like for the most part we're just going to see Megumin and hopefully just more of her journey, you know, her um, her getting better in magic, uh, maybe learning some more smaller explosion spells to help her out, um, but yeah, it's going to be some good stuff. Uh, next we got My Love Story with Yamada Kun at level 999 episode 6, uh, th- this one was great, we saw more of Runa, more of Yamada, um, and yeah, more of their kind of gelling as uh as a friend group. That was that was really good. Um and also just like more of Runa kind of turning the corner and fully embracing Akane, which is nice. Um so just more, you know, definitely more of a deep dive into Runa's character. Um you know, I love the line where they say that Runa is a lion at home, but a mouse outside. You know, you know because we see her, you know, we see her kind of strength and uh, and stubbornness uh you know last episode episode before uh especially towards akane and and, you know just in general really but then we see her with other people like at school and we see that she is more of a mat like you know she doesn't really talk to anyone you know she she kind of does want friends and we do see that like longing in her eyes um you know when she sees other girls kind of hanging out and doing stuff together and she's like oh man you know she she does kind of maybe want that um you know she uh you know she's like kind of after school or whatever and there's a couple girls doing whatever and one of the friends leaves and she she says bye to the other ones and then right before she leaves she's like oh there's also you know you know she stops and she says, says bye to Runa and that's cool and then Runa kind of sits there for a second and then quietly says bye to her back uh, obviously you know 30 seconds after she's already gone so it's like there is a part of her that kind of postures in this way of like oh well, I don't you know we we heard it last episode I believe right where she's like oh I don't I don't need friends, you know, I have, I have 300 online friends, but then this episode more breaks it down, where it's like, oh, no, maybe, maybe she does want some more real friends, you know, she even, uh, you know, thinks that way with with Akane, you know, we see her and Akane kind of hanging out, and she does find this, like, certain comfort with hanging out with her, um, where she doesn't act the way that, like, Yamada or Aita or would, um, who are probably the people she's closest to, you know, because she's not, like, her her like uh her like school friend so she might not uh respond to certain things the same way that they would and part of that kind of a noise but part of it is like genuine and it's it's it it's uh organic in a way right um it, you know and so she does you know she you know she does like that and, then, and that, that kind of changes her mind where she's like well you know maybe it would be nice to have like more friends you know more real life friends and I think that's great you know i think that's um that's part of what Akane kind of brings to the table, you know, her kind of being our main character in the show, um, you know, that is a lot of what main characters in general bring to shows like this, like the rom-com, you know, slice of life type stuff, where they're usually the the catalyst for the characters around her, right, um, we've already seen that, not only with Runa, but also uh, Yamada in, in particular, um, you know, so I do like that, you know, I would like to see by the end of the series like runa making more of an effort um and like getting one friend one school friend would be awesome and like she hangs out and maybe a little kind of awkward in the beginning you know you 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 can already see it especially if you've seen other like slice of life shows like this like you can already see the scene of like her being kind of awkward but you know them kind of having the small talk or whatever and then be like oh yeah yeah you know you know maybe like one of the friends is super into gaming as well or something and it's like oh wow you play this oh wow it's so impressive you know, them kind of bonding over that or something, right? Um, so that's great. And then we have uh, we see uh, we see Akane, Runa, and Momo, which is a great interaction. Like like Momo and Runa is great. Um, you know, Momo having absolutely no interest <laughs> in any of the game stuff. Um, you know, so that's really cool to see her character come in. You know, whenever she can, because it's it's such a a difference in the uh, you know in the dynamic. it's like oh you know everyone else is friends because of video games because they're in the same guild and all that and then momo's there who's been akane's friend for a while and is just like you know friends for a completely different reason so it's a completely different like friend group situation um so that's cool and uh and you know the you know the big thing for kind of the second half of this episode is akane's computer exploding when she's trying to level up um and uh, which is really funny (laughs) it's like that never happens you know could you imagine playing and like your computer just explodes <laughs> it's like it doesn't do that like you would have had to feel like it hot or something like it just doesn't explode like that but it was, it was funny um and the whole thing being uh you know we see that Ata uh you know calls yaman is like hey can you come over you know fix fix uh, you know akane's thing she was super excited about it and now she's super sad because now she can't level up and you know you know, she was, she was getting super into it, you know, with Runa and all that, so, um, so that's great, and then we have a scene here where, you know, un- you know another huge scene, right, where they're, they're kind of getting close, you know, Akane and Yamada, you know, Runa texts a picture to Eita, and then he's like, hey, you know, you know, why don't you help them get closer, and then he specifically mentions a, like, uh, like, light, like, like, rom-com story type thing, and Runa just has a super, like, anime um, understanding of, of what that phrase means, and so she tries to put them in these weird, like, anime moments, right? Or, like, one of them walks on the other one while they're taking a bath. It's like, okay, that's realistically not going to happen. And then she's like, oh, well, one of them is going to interact with the other one with, like, with, like toast in their mouth, right? Because it's another, like, anime thing. That's like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then um, one of them, uh, and what was the last one? Like, one of them falling into the other one and, like, catching them in their arms. And it be like, oh, there's a soft moment there um and so she like pushes Akane and it, and it hits them and then it's like oh but, but like maybe it's working you know because then she like her hair hits Yamada in the eye like oh they're kind of close and it's like oh it's working it's working and then um Yamada gets super uncomfortable and, and you can tell how co- uncomfortable he got and then he he rushes out of there right and then even even Runa is like oh it was, it was almost like she was he was escaping <laughs> it's like yep that is what he was doing and um that was a big thing right like one Aita being there and well not not physically being there but him being the catalyst for all that and trying to set them up is huge because he can see that right like you know he's been friends with Yamada since childhood so he knows Yamada very very well and so he he can tell right like he can he, he can tell Yamada does have feelings for her and uh, you know he's just trying to you yeah, know trying to be that that friend right Um, runa being there being not super experienced and not have a clear understanding of of how to make that happen but her still trying to help has come a long way in the past two episodes and then akane being kind of (laughs) clueless when it comes to this um it's gonna you know definitely part of her character but then yamada in particular like more and more coming to these feelings because i feel like akane already kind of knows that she has some feelings like that but Yamada doesn't really, un, you know, doesn't really understand that because he's been, I mean, it's, it's proclaimed there in this episode where he's, he's bad with that stuff. Um, you know, so he does need that little bit of a push. And so when he has that feeling of, um, you know, him am sitting there, Akane kind of holding his face because it's like, oh, no, hit you in the eye, you know, which I was it? Let me, you know, let me see and make sure you're okay. You know, because that can, that can be tough, especially if he's like scratched the eye or something like that can, that can be really, really um, annoying and, and painful, you know. Um, And so he kind of gets up. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And he gets up and and rushes out. And, you know, I'm sure next episode, we're, you know, we're going to see that. Like him, you know, his own inner kind of monologue of him walking home and maybe sitting home just, you know, just for a few minutes and kind of, you know, what, you know, what was that? What just happened? You know, why, why am I feeling this way? So um, I'm excited to see that, you know, because it's always really cool to see his inner thoughts because you know, because of his personality, right? Because with, with Akane, it's very clear. Um, you can tell, I mean, but, you know, whenever we see him, I mean, even his outer thoughts too, right? Where he, where he sits down, he's like, oh, and hey, that curry you gave me was really good. It's like, oh, yes, that is something that, you know, he is showing appreciation, you know, something that is not really something he does all that often, you know, because he's very quiet and he doesn't, he, I don't know, he just, he, he, he just doesn't, right? So for him to have that moment, it's like, oh, it's great, you know. And then so I'm, I'm very excited to see next episode to see um what he does, you know, um, you know his his own inner thoughts outside of you know not at Akane's place, and then him coming back and them kind of reconciling the the whole situation. So again, they're they're getting closer, man. They're getting closer to this point where it's like I can I can see them being together. I mean, again the title gives away, it is my love story, you know, like, I would, I would be shocked if they don't end up together, (laughs) that, that'd that'd be the, the the biggest bait and switch ever of an anime, to have my love story in the title, and not actually, you know, that'd be kind of nuts, but, um, yeah, man, great episode, again, all around, all the characters had great moments, and, uh, yeah, we're getting there, Next, we got Skip and Loafer, episode six, this crazy show, man, like it's just getting better and better every episode. It's insane. Um, So we start off with, um, we start off with the moment that will also bookend the episode, which is Fumi, uh, you know, professing to, uh, to Iwakura that she has love, that she's found love. That's incredible, right? Um, It's great because, you know, Fumi's the best friend. It's always great to hear more of her, you know, Fumi is you know seems like the 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 ride or die friend so it's always great to see more of her you know i'm i'm excited i i hope at one point in this season we see maybe fumi visiting or vice versa um maybe even fumi i i i think really cool for you know for fumi to visit and uh obviously visit iwakura and then see each other in in person for the first time in a while Uh, but then also maybe seeing shima that'd, that'd be pretty cool um but yeah this kind of bookend because then the very ending of the episode is uh is ibukura calling her and being like hey all that stuff that we talked about in the beginning of the episode about like how you feel like all that different roller coaster of, of emotions that that you felt to where you're getting to the realization that you have found love um i feel like you can feel all of that about just a friend <laughs> and it's very funny like how she gets there and like you know why she feels that way but um that's very of, of her frantically being like hey no i you know i don't think that all oh, that means you're in love you know you know it could also just mean that you're really close to a friend <laughs> it's like well now hold on <laughs> hold on now i feel like you are wrong there but you know you know we'll keep riding that um i don't think they're gonna show it but um it'd be nice to see like the other part of that call with fumi being like I don't think if you feel that way about someone i don't think you feel like that i don't you don't feel like you uh you see them as your friend you know and kind of have that conversation with her but probably not but it'd be it'd, it'd be cool to see um so the the meat of the episode though is uh is shima and iwakura um you know kind of having this uh this misunderstanding between each other and um you know them kind of getting over this hump of certain feelings that they have towards each other, right, so, uh, you know, Shima calls out sick, quote-unquote, and, uh, you know, that really hits hard with Iwakura, because we know of her personality, and with school, and, you know, academics, and all that stuff, and so she even has a dream about Shima being a, a a hoodlum, right, um, you know, dropping out of school, whatever, right, um, and so that caused them to have a huge disagreement, which is really the first big, like, argument that they've had is, like, best friends, pretty much, um, of, like, Iwakura trying to explain to him how she feels, you know, the you know, the super importance of schooling and also like image, right? Um like not having this image of being someone who skips and uh, is a <laughs> I almost said vigilante. <laughs> That's not the right word. Um what what's the word I'm looking for? It's not it's not criminal. Um Oh, I can't think of the word. I'm trying to think back to, like, Tokyo Revengers. Oh, I can't, I can't think of the word. You know, because it's not, it's not, like, huddle It's, like, it's something else. I don't know. I can't think of it. It'll probably come to me later. Um, but, yeah, and, like, and, like, being that and, and whatever. Um. And then also backed up by some of the things that that she's heard. You know, the whole, like, being into the nightlife and all that. Um. You know, she kind of has that angle of it and that kind of causes shima to lash out a little bit harsher than he than he means to um and says that hey you know because he hears that and he's kind of hurt by that that iwakura would believe those things right and so he's like you know he has his energy of like that that doesn't matter to me like all that stuff that you're mentioning matters probably to you like it's great that you care about this stuff but i don't i, I don't care one lick about any of, the, any of this and they both leave kind of hurt, right? You know, because Shima is hurt that, you know. At that point, we don't know the true feelings, right? Like, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But in the moment, we're feeling that Shima is hurt because, um, you know, you know, Ibakura is almost trying to like be his mom, you know, and like say like, hey, you should you should care about this more. You sh- you shouldn't skip school, you know. You you, you know, it, it's gonna one one thing's gonna lead to another, and then, you know you know everyone's gonna think that you're this like dropout loser who you know whatever like you have no aspirations or whatever right and then iwakura is her because um she does really care about this stuff right like that's kind of who she is as a person you know it's not just a part of her um where she's like oh she's really good at school and she wants to do really well like no like that is who she is like that is her main makeup is her trying to advance to the top and you know again we've we we all know her plan you know shima one of the people who very much knows her plan for life and so for you know for shima to kind of brush it off me like oh well you know that's you know that's important to you but i don't i i couldn't care less it hurts her because she's like wow like you know that could be an extension to him um devaluing iwakura's like whole life almost you know so it's like they both kind of go harder than they needed to in that moment and both of them are kind of hurt um and that was really tough because again that that was the first again we're episode six we're halfway through like that was the first moment that we see them having a huge disagreement like that and them not being like cool with each other right um not being supportive of each other and it kind of ends and it's like you know and then we see further on where we do see both of them uh separately and you know uh iwakura super torn up about it you know she's does what she does but she's overthinking everything and she's thinking the worst possible thing um of how like oh he's he's holding a he held a grudge against me from the very first day you know um so she's too she's losing sleep over it well, she loses she loses sleep over everything but you know so she's super torn up about it and then even even shima who has this personality of not really caring kind of going with the flow and you know everything will be fine in the end like he's even kind of thinking of like he's taking up headspace about it as well um you know even though he doesn't really want to have this whole clearing the air conversation as you know as he puts it he is he is still thinking about it um which i really like which really you know i feel like is more more uh more indicative of iwakura's effect on shima because again like i said iwakura would lose sleep over everything i mean you know she lost sleep over how to properly give her her start of the year greeting (laughs) to the class, right, so, um, again, you know, that doesn't take away from how much Shima means to her, but still, like, she was gonna lose sleep either way, um, but Shima, man, like, Shima losing, you know, losing some, uh, some, like, again, like, you know, like, like, headspace over it, um, just shows that he he really does care, like, you know, she is someone that, that he does really care about, um, and then yeah, and then that kind of rolls into the the ending, which was um, them kind of confessing uh, what that argument truly meant to each of them, right? Or even like the 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 face valueness of what they were arguing about wasn't really what got them upset. So um, on, on Iwakura's side, um, Iga Shira really does help her, <laughs> um, where I you, know, I you know I don't know that she really meant to help her as much as she did but but she did um and it turns out that iwakura wasn't really mad at the whole perception that that shima may have had um or you know may have been garnering over the whole you know skipping school thing she more so just confessed to him that hey you know i i really just wanted you at school because it's it's boring without you here and that was really tough to say, because if you read between the lines, <laughs> we know what she's really trying to say there, um, and you know, so that took a lot of courage for her to even, you know, her to even say that to him. Um, so you know, so that was huge, right? And then on Shima's side, he kind of, you know, peels back the layers a little bit, which he never does, and he's like, hey, you know, here's kind of more about my life, and you know, my my parents aren't really, you know, present, and you know, I spend but I do spend a lot of time with my friend, my like, you know, one of my best friends from like acting school. And, you know, so like, you know, I spent a lot of time there and, you know, whatever, you know, spent a lot of nights there or whatever. And so, you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, my life isn't as much of a mess as you may think it is. You know, I, you know, I do just kind of skip here and there. Like, it's just kind of what I do, right. I've always done that. You know, you already kind of know about my, my Uh, Thoughts when it comes to school and just life and my aspirations and all that stuff so it all kind of makes sense like what i was really mad about what i was really upset about was you kind of believing those rumors where it's like rumors have been made about me all my life um but you like i you know i just don't want you to believe them you know you in particular and uh yeah you know you know so that was really the main thing there um and yeah, and then they just kind of come together, and, it, and it's great, you know, because it's like they, they 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 say what they really meant to say, um, you know. Again, like Iwakura wasn't really mad about the whole skipping school. He was, you know, she she was more mad about him not or her, her, her not being able to see him. You know, she was just mad that, you know like, hey, I want I want you in school because I want to see you. Um, and then Shima wasn't really mad about the whole like academic aspect of it. She he he was just mad that she would believe these like nightlife, you know hoodlum gangster you know you know rumors that have been made up about him his whole life and he's just like hey like you're like you're my friend like you actually know me like you know like why would you why would you think that that's what I'm into because it's not (laughs) um so yeah yeah it brought them closer I mean again I feel like this whole episode while we do see more of Kura's thoughts and feelings and all that stuff I feel like this was more beneficial to us learning more about Shima's character because Shima is the one that is closed off and he doesn't really ever share things because he that's just who is that's just what his character is or that's just who he is um so you know so us learning more about that is is super super good <laughs> um so yeah that was great um and then and then yeah that you know that does kind of lead to the end where you know she immediately calls fumi like hey i think you can feel this way because you know if that kind of that that conversation that they had together you know um they were getting closer and again there was a lot of feelings between the lines that they weren't actually saying to each other but but they were saying to each other you know and it's like oh wow like they're you know you know even him being like you are the closest um you are the closest girl that I've ever been like you know girl space friend that I've ever had you know and so that kind of hits her in a way um that she you know, you know she never really felt before so you know her her rushing to call Fumi is like, hey, you know, you know, I think you can feel that way about friends too, um, is like, well, I don't know about that, but we'll see, you'll we'll see, so again, just, a, just another banger of an episode, we're five for five so far, just banger episodes, um, you know, them getting closer, just like, oh man, you know, like, them having this fight, but then reconciling it is, o- is always great, um, and then them, them really, you know, learning more and more about what their feelings are towards each other is just, ah, it's incredible next we got heavenly delusion episode seven um this was a uh, not as much to talk about here but i still feel like is uh is, is very important i feel like if any of the episodes were going to be a little lesser than banger like a, like i proclaimed at the top it would be this one but i feel like there's not as much to talk about because it is more setup of like ooh, but but it's like crazy setup so um big thing here is that kuriko and maru they meet the Livyumen, um which is like some other organization that is uh trying to help out and trying to take out the immortal order right so the immortal order um is kind of what they heard about already right um but they're doing like weird like human experimentation and uh in, in one side one perspective you can see that as being good because they are trying to like you know it, there are a lot of instances where they are saving people right like they are saving people's lives but a perspective on why it's bad is because they're like well they're like experimenting with like like man eater like parts and they're like infusing and it's like creating these like abominations you know it's like well yeah. you know where's like the the live human um i think you know I'm a little i'm still a little like shaky on the details but like they are helping people in like a more traditional sense and the immortal order is uh more the experimental sense um, but the Immortal Order is getting very, 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 very popular. Um, so <laughs> it's it's tough, you know, because they are still, at the end of the day, helping people. But do the ends justify the means? That's kind of the the conversation that, that we're supposed to be having here. And, and we'll have it more and more throughout the episodes because, um, you know, it does seem like Mortal Order was kind of leading to the whole, like, doctor situation. Because it all makes sense, right? Um, so, yeah, that was... That, that was a lot of backstory there on Livy human and the mortal order stuff. Um, and then we get to, um, you know, some of the more scary stuff um, that's happening. And Kiriko basically has this imagination hallucination type thing where she's where uh, she, or he has, it's, it's, it's all very weird. Cause it's like, is it actually Kiriko or is it, you know, um, seeing them, them and, Maru uh be taken by by some Hiroiko. Um turns out it was all just again like a hallucination thing. Um So that was crazy because it was like for a second there you're like oh man are they dead? <laughs> are they are they gone? But no they're not there they're 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 completely fine. Well not well not fine, but um you know she you know she's pretty shaken up. But um but yeah, so that, that was crazy. Um but it does reach towards the end. Um, you know kind of the end of them, them them beating all the Heriko and stuff they do meet Usami which is supposedly that um that doctor you know so it's like that's a huge cliffhanger for them to begin the episode discussing the two groups Live Human and Mortal Order both helping people in different ways for them to have this middle part of them facing these Heriko which are possibly like the source of these experimentation um, methods and all that. And then from the end of the episode with the doctor that uh, we believe is part of the whole like weird experimentation stuff connected to how Kiriko is what Kiriko is, is huge. I mean, that's a huge cliffhanger. I mean, that was something where like the episode ended and I was like, wow, they really are doing that, huh? They're really in the episode there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Because now we have to go this whole week being like, is that really the doctor that she's trying to find? What happens now? Like, do we have just a conversation where it's like, hey, what happened? You know? And there are so many episodes left, too, because we still have, like, the main goal, which is getting Maru to where Maru has to go, right? Getting, you know, getting to heaven. Um, Again, not as much to talk about, but it is a huge setup huge setup for for next episode so I'm I'm super excited because it's like this is the end of the road for Kiriko I mean obviously again you know based off to help Maru get to you know whatever but um you know this is a big thing with with Kiriko's character I don't know and again we have talked about before right where it's like this is gonna be this is gonna be big because either I mean, there's other possibilities that I'm sure I, I can't think of but <clears throat> there are uh there are the two things right where it's like you know there he is the doctor and he's going to confirm that what Kiriko thinks happened is what happened and that's going to be huge um or he's going to say i don't know what you're talking about like no i just i just saved you like you know what i think happening what i think is happening is trauma you know so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see what the truth is we'll see what actually happens uh next we got demon slayer swordsman's village arc episode five um this was big this was sort of the ending to the fight we think um you know we have uh <clears throat> i've i think a really good fight i think a really good battle here we have muichiro uh fighting the upper five which is gyoko um at the shed right um we have uh, let's see how does that go um gyoko is is, is is a really interesting demon right you know that's one thing i like about the show where they kind of one up you know you know every single demon especially with the upper five where it's like okay each one has to be super distinct but also super powerful um i don't think they beat him right no 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 no, no yeah no we, we we still have more <laughs> still have more next episode but um Kuka has this really cool thing where he has a whole pot situation and um he's really fat. He, like he like teleports between pots but it's like w- w- what is the source of the pots um and then he can create other pots which um create like different artwork um you know but they're also like the like the the source of his uh, like the powers and like the moves that he puts on right so he has the big uh the big artwork in the beginning which is just like a mishmash of corpses well they're not actually corpses though because what we see is that they're still alive because he does stab one of them and they like like scream out in pain so i guess they're not completely dead which is worse <laughs> because i mean i guess on one hand it's possible that they can be saved on the other hand it's like oh they are in pain a lot a lot of pain a lot a lot of distress um just like a bunch of corpses together of, of the different, uh, the, the, the swordsmiths, right. Um, so that's really bad, you know, um, but also very, very creative. Um, and, uh, you know, I do, I, you know, I do love Muir true in this episode because I feel like the more and more we see him, the more we kind of break down his character a little bit and we peel back and it's like, Oh, he's not just this like monotone, uh, emotionless man, you know, like, you know, like we kind of see him in the beginning where he's like, he doesn't care about anything. He's very self-centered, he just has this goal and he, and he achieves it, right? He doesn't care about anyone else. He doesn't, you know, whatever, right? Um, you know, with the setup of him, like, destroying the, like, puppet thing, right? Um, with him, like, sitting there and being like, you, you better shut up. <laughs> you better stop it right now. Because uh, he doesn't really care. He does care. Like, hey, those people are getting hurt. Like, the people behind me are, are distressed as well. Like, like this is it. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um um, you know, him trying to slice them, doesn't work, he can like teleport almost, I'm slicing the pots, which uh, are is closer to what he has to do, but again, like, Gyoko's really fast, and so um, on one end, it's really good, because he, in his mind, he's like, okay, well, the, the fact that he is evading me, it seems like cutting his head off will actually beat him, you know, as opposed to the other demons that Tanjiro is fighting, where it's like, well, just cutting off one of the heads doesn't work. Um, on the other hand, where do these pots come from? Because it seems like he can just teleport endlessly at will. So it's like if he can do that, I'm I'm never gonna beat him. Like I'm just like I'm not fast enough to <laughs> to outmaneuver teleportation. Like it's just <laughs> mathematically, it is it, just not gonna work. Um and then Gyoko was also giving him trouble because at the very end, which is where we leave him, um, he has his blood demon art, which he puts him like a water prison, which is very much Reminded me of Naruto. (laughs) If you the place that I thought of was uh like the very first thing where uh where where they face Zabuza and um I guess not really gonna spoil it too much, but Naruto's like a million years old. Um where where Zabuza does put Kakashi into a water prison he can't move. Um so that's big, right? Even though at the very end you learn that well, Kakashi probably could have killed Zabuza at any moment. Um but yeah, whatever. Yeah, you, you, you have to build up to the you know to the crazy special stuff i guess you can just start off with it uh, but anyway that's kind of what it reminded me of and so muichiro's in trouble he's probably not gonna i mean i don't know you know we haven't really seen the full extent of muichiro's abilities but maybe he'll need some help i don't know i don't know but that that was cool because again they have to keep one up being each other so ha- you know having gyoko have all these different aspects to him with the, the different like pot abilities that he has very cool um, we see a quick thing of of Mitsuri. She's crazy um, again. Um, you know, I'm talking about one-upping each other with the with the demons. They have to one-up each other with the with the Hashira as well. Again, we haven't really seen too much of what Mitsuri can really do, but we do see some differences in, in Mitsuri where where even her sword is like it's like not a real sword. It's like a whip of some sort, like Indiana Jones, right? Where she like just flings it all around. <laughs> So she he slices up demons that way so that's really cool i'm i'm I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see like how that plays into like her real sword fighting because up until now she's facing like these like lesser demons like okay cool you know she can she can beat those with her with her eyes closed right i'm excited to see her fight like a real upper five demon with that thing and and, and, and kind of see the the extent of her abilities with that very unique weapon uh but but that was really cool um let's see and then and then we pretty much just jump to Tanjiro right uh Tanjiro we got the we got the leaf thing blowing away the whole the whole building which is still the one of the most OP weapons we've seen so far um and then uh Nezuko turning Tanjiro's sword into the exploding blood sword um which is even crazier because one the fact that Nezuko thought of that to, you know to like slice herself on the sword and tadra would be like no no stop but then for nezco they'd be like no dummy <laughs> um i'm doing something for your benefit um and then also that you connect to that other swordsman who apparently all the demons are afraid of um but like Tadro, this is just further i mean obviously like we're looking at it, it's like okay the other swordsman is clearly connected to Tadro in some way i mean they have like similar like Facial features like the hair is similar, they're both wearing the earrings, they both have the purple scar. Like, clearly, there's some connection. (laughs) Clearly, he's like some sort of descendant of this great swordsman. Um, he's also the main character, so of course, they're gonna have some like crazy cool um ancestor or whatever, right? Um, you know, jumping back to Naruto, right? Like, Naruto has a crazy lineage if you really go back, so um. But then they're like super afraid of him because like he's like they have like they have a very quick backstory that if you if, if you blink you'll miss it where he, they say something like i believe they say that that man is the only man to come close to cutting off the head of the like main demon i already forget the name but you know the one that the, the like michael jackson looking one um you know i guess i mean i guess rank one right is he like rank one Um, he's the only one that's ever come close to, to like, slicing off the head of him, so Tanjiro is, in some way, descended from the greatest swordsman that ever lived, (laughs) the only swordsman that people are truly afraid of, um, so that was really cool, and then, like, exploding blood art or whatever, um, like, cutting all the heads off simultaneously, so I guess that's kind of what it was, right, because we're like, well, if they just keep cutting off the heads, they're never gonna lose, but no, you cut them off all at the same time, you win um but then we're like wait there was four he only cut off three heads where's the fourth one and then we see Gen. <clears throat> we have you know we see genya uh cut off the head of the fourth one it's like oh we win we win genya coming in the clutch with the fourth demon Tandro nezuko tag team and the other three demons we win now we can go and help muichiro who seems to be in a little bit of trouble um, kind of caught off guard there didn't really know i mean it's tough right like you know you, you expect hashira to be on their a game but it's also like you know eh, what are you gonna do you never seen this demon before we don't know his powers it is what it is but then we have a crazy ending after all that the crazy cool fights with Tanjiro, mitsuri uh muichiro we see the ending of genya turning his head and it looks like from what i am gathering here genya may have been turned into a demon we may we may be in some trouble here (laughs) maybe a demon um so now we have to do that to come up with that because if he is a demon that's gonna be really tough because now tanjiro has to face him and it's also like where's the morality where's the morality lie for tanjiro if genya is a demon because he's like well he's been carrying nezuko on his back for years at this point right or you know i close to that right um Trying to turn her back. Do we try the same thing with Genya? Is Genya too far gone? Is, is I mean, clearly Nezuko is special. You know, Nezuko is the only one that has, like, is somewhere in between. You know, like, most people, when they turn to a demon, they turn into a demon, and they're they're, they're gone, right? Like, they're, there's nothing you can do. Um, so, it's going to be interesting there. I can't wait to see that. But, yeah, like, crazy episode, obviously, the animation and the fight scene. I mean, that's, you know, that's what people want to see with this, but um you know, you know you know some of the the reveals here again i like you know i like Mitsuri us uh, seeing what's kind of you know a, a glimpse into what's special about her techniques um Muichiro and the Gyoko fight is still going on and then what Tanjiro has to do against Genya so next episode is going to be good too <clears throat> next we got Mobile Suit Gundam which for Mercury Season 2 Episode 5 um this i feel like is clearly the best episode of so far like i feel like the show's just getting better and better i feel like it started off a little slow you know a little much of just them almost like recapping stuff and not really getting into it quickly but it's it's, it's gotten better and better to to live up to what i thought was one of my favorite shows uh when the first season came out you know um you know that, that that first season was one of my favorite shows of the season um so i'm excited to kind of get back there um, so we have miurina agreeing to prospera's uh deal but prospera wants to have one more one more duel and we're like mm, we're kind of scared about that because we already know where do you know you know prospera you know we've kind of been peeling back the layers of her more and more and it's like at first we're like we love prospera and then now we're like she's kind of ruthless <laughs> and i don't know how much we like her um we have uh, Ghoul coming back and protecting Slotted from Ellen, which is like, ugh. You know, I mean, obviously we liked we liked Fake Ellen a lot. You know, because Fake Ellen turned out to be a pretty a pretty cool guy. Real Ellen, not cool. Don't like him. He can, you know. Ho- hopefully, he gets into a Gundam soon and dies, <laughs> because he's not going. Especially in this moment, it's like, whoa, like like Ellen got a little too, little too aggressive towards Soleta in this scene. And so we're we're we cheers for Ghoul again. Ghoul has completely, completely turned um turned his character around for us, right? Where in the beginning we saw him as just this like arrogant um you know we 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 didn't like him, right? And then he started to turn a little bit, we started to lose and started to be a little softer towards Soleta, Mirene, learn more about him. And now season two, it's like Ghoul has completely changed who he is and like what he wants um, and, like, his approach, and, um, you know, what he sees as important, you know, the, the people that he decides to side with, um, completely turned his character to, to honestly a fan favorite, in my opinion, um, so that, that was great, um, and then, we, you know, the ghoul admits that she, you know, is very precious to him, like, sort of, kind of confesses to her, um, and then is like, well, I very much appreciate that, but, uh, you know, I already have someone that's precious to me, obviously, talking about me, arena and me. Arena hears this, and so, Mia Reina, I think, is the most interesting character in this whole episode because she is, she, she hears a lot and she makes a lot of moves, and the ending is insane. <laughs> um, and so you, you can tell, though, we're, we're, we're going to get to the ending, but um, she's picking up pieces of information this whole episode, and you can see how much, like, she sees what she has to do, which is the ending to the episode. And you can see how much it hurts her because she knows she's doing all this for a good reason. But she knows that it's like <laughs> the more she listens to Celetta the more she the the tougher and tougher this is going to be for her. You know, again we talked about this with I already forget what show we we're talking about, but the ends justify the means. Do the ends justify the means? Do the means justify the ends even <laughs> in, in, in me Rene's situation. But we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Um and then yeah, we we just, we set up the duel. Um goal versus suletta that's what she wants she wants suletta to get a win get a dub for her birthday um we see that Marina actually wants school to beat suletta because they're having this whole thing where um Mirena is going to be the press she wants to be the president of the of the group um she wants school to have the the jetterk i think uh, back her with that she can have a, a backing by a major uh, you know a, a major player which will which will very much you know close to guaranteeing her becoming president and then also it'll be a symbiotic relationship because they she will help the jetter account she will help ghoul um you know bring you know bring the the dad's company back to glory which is what he wants right so very much a I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine type situation. Um, but that's tough because that also means that she just set up this duel acting like, oh, get him, get him, Sulata. But it's like, oh, not really. Not really. Um, she's setting her up to fail. Uh, and then even they, they have a conversation, Mirena and Guo have a conversation where he's like, I forget what he says, but he's like, do you do you feel bad because like you're tricking Suleta? like you're <laughs> you're like oh yeah do it for me And it's like well i don't actually want you to win i want ghoul to win and mirena has this great line where she's like where she basically explains that she, she's doing it for her you know she she wants you know she wants that girl to be happy um you know away from gundams and politics and all this stuff like she and so i don't know we'll We'll talk about that at the end because I have a lot of thoughts on this. But that you know, you know, that's a very important thing there because I feel like this whole episode, like, I'm struggling with if Mia is genuine or not. You know, like, like if she's really what she wants, if she's just telling this to herself to make her feel better, or if she's telling all this to Mia or to to it to lie to her just to get what she wants. Just ah, uh, uh, it's so tough. Ah. Uh, this is one of the craziest endings, but, um, at the very end, you know, they're, they're, they're dueling Ghoul and mirine or not, not me, uh, Ghoul and Suleta are dueling. We have a moment, uh, uh, I just keep mixing the characters. Okay. Um, Soleta's winning, just, just destroying this man. uh cause obviously, right? Like, did, did anyone think that Ghoul had a chance? Not that Ghoul is not a good fighter, but like it's Suleta and the Ariel and, <laughs> Also, Ghoul hasn't fought in a while, and, like, come on. Um, there's a moment where Suleta thinks that she hears uh, what, what we know is Ariel's voice, um, which is crazy, so that's, like, a big moment for her, and then immediately Miraine shuts down Ariel, causes Ghoul to get the easy dub, and then, so, I mean, that's crazy, right, that we know that Miraine was actually... Like, that, that that was true, right? Like, we're trying to see, oh, is it just, like, a two-time, a three-time, a four-time? Like, how much, you know, how much 4D chess is Mirene playing? But no, it is truly, we want Ghoul to win. You know, what, what she talked about with Ghoul is what she wants to happen. And um, opens the door. Suleta is very apologetic. It's like, oh, no, I don't know. I, you know, she just stopped. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. And then <laughs> Mirene just rips Suleta's heart out and says i wanted this to happen i'm the one who forced to shut down i wanted you to lose you know so it's like no you're lying that's a lie it's not you and and me is just like i told you from the beginning this was a trade you know this was purely transactional um you're no you're you're use, you're you're not um you're not useful to me anymore um you know I'm, I'm getting what i want um she she throws the the little charm remember uh you know So let's have bought, uh, bought charms for both of them, like matching, like phone things. She threw that back to her. So that's like a huge, like slap in the face. And she like takes the, I forget what it is, but it's like the, you know, like champion, uh, skin off of her because it's going to go to, now you know again we harken back to the first season where it's like oh whoever has that's like the champion and that's also part of the duel or part of the agreement to be mirene's uh like husband so that's taken away from her and so just a mess um during all of this and uh and, and mirene is just like we're done basically like it's over go back to where you came from you know calls her a a mercury country bumpkin which is what everyone else called her and you know and then you know so this begging ghoul to to have another duel and it's just like ah, uh, it's so tough because all this together just melts down into this really really tough moment because i i just don't know where they're gonna go from here you know like I mean, also part of the duel, like she lost Ariel. You know what I mean? Like, so, meet like Suleta for the first time. It's hit rock bottom. You know. So what? What can I say? This from, from both angles, right? We're gonna look at this from Suleta's angle and the Mirina's angle, right? So from Suleta's angle, she lost everything, right? She 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 just lost Ariel she just lost which is interesting because I, I don't know that anyone else can pilot ariel unless prospera has a way to like change it but i don't i don't know if that's true um she just lost arene which is <laughs> awful um she's not the champion anymore which is something that was that was pretty cool to her right um i don't know that she's going to be cool with ghoul anymore <sighs> it, part of the deal was that if she won ghoul was gonna help her clear kind of earthians name so now she still has the earthians help and they're still friends and everything because why wouldn't they be but it's like now she's still gonna have to endure that it's like like prospera was was like a part of this so it's like i mean she's probably gonna run back to her mom i imagine but it's like we know like we know things about prospera that that's it doesn't you know, so I wonder if that will even trigger Suleta to start asking some real questions. It's like, so just hit rock bottom, and I'm very sad to see that. And then on Mirina's end, it's like we know that she didn't really want to do this at this point. Like we know that she, she does love in 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 some sense love Suleta, um, but she, you know, that that classic, oh, I I did this for you, you know which we've seen in storytelling a million times. And it, and it's usually a thing where it's like, well, eh, you know, you did that for her, but is that what she really wanted? And so it's like, in, in, in a way, she did it for Soleta to try to like get free from everything. Like, hey, you're free. You can do whatever you want now. Like you don't have to be a part of this whole like web of just lies and manipulation, you know, which is great, but also it hurt her because now Mirene, I mean, Mirene's social relationship is, is ruined until some other big thing happens, right, so, like, that's gone, and we know that Mirene loves her, so now, she, like, that, like, that, that hurts her as well, right, um, I mean, she, she's starting to get what she wants, but I don't know, man, I don't know, it's, it's gonna be tough, like, I, I don't really know what to expect, it's, like, I would really like, I would really like, Suleta to like Suleta and Prospera to have a real conversation and like her to really learn about her to basically know everything that Mirina knows, you know, from from Prospera's mouth. Um, I don't know, man, it's so tough. Like, this episode, like, the whole time, especially this ending, I was like, they really did this, they really did this to us. This is crazy, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Next, we got Insomniacs After School, episode five. Um, this was pretty cool. You know, we we had the whole setup of um of Haida, um just being like that like dude bro, which is just, ah we hate this man. <laughs> Haida kept waking up knocking me for you know on the on the bus and everything like that, and then he was like you know which sucked, and then he was taking credit for a lot of stuff they had nothing to do with like cooking and the tent and everything, which was like ah, okay, and then he you know him and the him and the other dude bros were trying to sneak out to the girls, and it's like and then they were staying up all night keeping Nakami up and it's just like it's just a tough thing right it just further brings us closer and closer to Nakami and like I would be in the same boat I would also be very annoyed the same way Nakami was annoyed in this in this scenario so uh, (laughs) you know um we'll see a little bit I don't know how important the the story this is but we do see a little bit of of Magari not being super good at uh at cooking you know it's not like her her strength which I think will probably come around at some point because we see that Nakami pretty good at cooking so hopefully we have a little bit of a moment there in a future episode of them them kind of out and him like cooking or something like oh that's nice you know um I mean we've seen that in other shows right where we see uh, a previous show that I covered on here which was Angel, Angel Next Door Smalls Me Rotten which if you haven't seen that go watch it it's a great little slice of life rom-com type type deal um where the one character very good at cooking the other character uh not so good at cooking and that's kind of one thing that that bonds them and they spend time together and whatever so um sounds pretty cool um and then um yeah not really too much to talk about just you know just like a, a very nice wholesome i mean honestly this episode was more than any other episode um this week I felt like it flew by like I felt like this episode was 10 minutes long because it was just it was so good and it was like I, I just wanted more of it especially the way it ended right where the sky ended up clearing up for them finally and they spent the night under the stars they had some good pictures we haven't really seen the pictures yet though you know I'm excited to see what the pictures turned out to be um they're spending time together running through the water um kind of sneaking out and they slept under the stars together which was nice um, it's just getting closer and closer to that moment where it's like, alright guys, we have to be clear with each other of what this is, like, best friends, to a point, <laughs> don't don't sleep next to each other, like, it doesn't happen, right? Um, like, clearly, you are, like, happy, Yeah, I don't know, we clearly y'all are happy together, like, like, mostly when y'all are together, so it's like, come on, let me even be like, oh, the best sleep I've ever gotten was with you, and it's like, oh, really? I feel the same way about you? And it's like, alright guys. <laughs> You know, alright guys, come on. They're sleeping together and um you know, you know, Magari laughs about how how fast his heart is beating and it's like, alright <laughs> What are we This like very much harkens back to a show that I literally just mentioned, Angel Next Door spoils me wrong. And again, it is very very similar to other, you know, uh slice of life rom com type shows. Um where it's like they're like talking around their feelings, and it's like, okay. And it's like, oh no, I don't feel the way about them. We're just really close. We're just good friends. And it's like, but like, this is a show, and like, we've seen other shows, and like, we know where this is gonna go, or at least where we believe it's gonna go. Um, but that was really cool. And, um, and I do like the line with, with Nakami where he's like, I finally feel like I can sleep. Cause again, yeah, like, they, they feel like they can sleep together, um, better than they can sleep in any other situation. Um, and then him being like, but this is the one moment where I feel like sleeping would be a waste because he's like enjoying the moment, like being with her and everything. I'm sure she feels the same way. Um, you know, so that was very indicative of them getting closer and closer to each other. Um, and them sleeping up giving me anxiety where I'm like, oh no, it's morning. <laughs> they, they have to get back because they're going to get caught. Um, and I don't think they, I, I don't think we actually see an ending. So I wonder if they are going to get caught, you know. Um, and then we have the ending with a, uh, them running and him want to take pictures of her and it's like come on guys come on like we're like we're just we're just gonna talk around this the whole time you know like we, we we can't come on we can't just be talking around this every time you know um you know but this is what's happening so i like it you know I've, i very much enjoy this show this is the show that i feel like to me is going to be one of my like favorites um especially in terms of shows that I feel like might not be on everyone's radar um, you know you know because it is overshadowed by a lot of the bigger shows obviously but um, so far it's not it's not letting me down you know um you know I didn't really care for it if I would be critical of it you know I was definitely a lot more into the time where they were together rather than the whole like camping situation with Haida and stuff um, but uh yeah they, they were able to find a moment together and that that's great um, I do think next episode we're going to come back to them them being caught um i feel like they're getting closer and closer to something like that happening um i don't know you know because even like hey like haida like meeting in the bathroom be like oh why were you out that late oh you know um the whole thing so them getting caught together i don't know i mean i don't really think it's a big deal honestly i mean i think the whole like insomnia thing um, you know, you know, they do want to keep that close to the chest. They don't want anyone to actually say the words insomnia, um, you know, about them, but I don't know. Them getting caught together is very like rom-com though, where it's like, okay, like we're going to get caught. I, you know, I'm just happy to see it. I, I really happy to see their, their pictures and how they came out. Um, you know, possibly that'll be a big, um, you know, big thing about next episode is them entering them into like these incredible pictures they finally got on like a weekend that they didn't think they were going to be able to get pictures because it was supposed to be cloudy and them entering and maybe them winning you know that would be or like maybe that number one but you know that that would bring them close together that would bring the more validity to the club um that'd be cool you know and then maybe them even showing uh oh i forgot the other character's name but their their senpai who runs like the arcade you know them showing them the pictures that'd be really cool too um, and then also maybe um, the whole like getting caught nonsense like their um, their advisor like we even cut to their to her at the moment she's like oh wow it, it cleared up and in her mind she's probably like in the back of her mind she's probably like I I bet you knocking me and are out there <laughs> they gotta be because I know how much they were chomping at the bit of wanting to take pictures over this um, you know this uh, this trip right. So that'll be really cool as well um but yeah, good stuff man still still solid, you know, and then lastly we have oshinoko episode five um yeah man, good stuff <laughs> um listen them forming more of the group and uh yeah, really really cool them you know, like i said i I did think this episode was gonna be more focused on ruby and the idol stuff because i feel like you know last episode was definitely more aqua all that good stuff aqua and kana but now we got more ruby and kana um so yeah we got uh ruby and aqua able to convince kana to join and we do see more and more um something that we may not have been expecting um you know like i said i always like to say um that i have read the manga of this i'm not caught up uh currently but i am like i've definitely read past where this season is gonna go like at like 100 percent um so i know everything's gonna happen but obviously i'm not gonna give any future spoilers because that would be um that'd be rude (laughs) but um something that you know just obviously for watching the show you may not have known but um i'm kind of getting you know kind of maybe having some feelings for aqua i didn't i didn't really see that i mean um you know just trying to put purely in the head of the of, of the anime watchers um yeah, you didn't really see that. I mean, up to this point, we see, you know, some admiration, obviously, because when they were kids, like, she, he, like, outperformed her, at least that's how she really feels, and then, um, you know, even in that little episode, you know, we, she maybe feels like he outperformed him again, and he was the reason why, um, you know, she was able to do what she did, so like, he, you know, even if she he didn't outperform her, he was the reason why, like, he was the catalyst for the finale getting such good reviews you know so it's like you know there's some admiration there but then in this episode you see oh maybe maybe it's gone past admiration maybe maybe it's gone to infatuation which isn't really love but maybe it is it is little hints of like a crush on him so that would be pretty cool um to see that become like a relationship if it ever does um so that's neat. something i never really again the first four episodes don't really hint at that all that much so um it'd be cool but again aqua doesn't seem like that character that really can i mean even you know he even talks about it with with the one girl where it's like oh yeah i I can't get over a past love you know um so we'll see if that actually blossoms into anything um uh, and then Ruby and Kana are very, are, are, upset at seeing Aqua with other girls and they have to, the, the mom has to explain, well, that's a TV show. Like she doesn't, like he doesn't necessarily really feel that way. He has to act that way for the show, you know? So that's cool to see them jealous for different reasons. Um, um and then we have the one girl who does not seem too timid, right? She's like, oh, I'm I'm not really conversationalist. And then the, that scene happening and Aqua being like, you're lying to me. <laughs> and then him kind of like like that being the moment of him truly understanding what the show is going to be and what reality shows have to be where like in that moment was she lying to him just for the cameras and being like oh i'm not really blah, blah blah and then like like where the cameras on that whole time right and like she saw that and so she made up that stuff and then got closer to him in that moment for the scene to play that well it's like oh you, you, you guys are sneaky there's a very very sneaky actors on this scene um it also does go to show like with, with kana kind of opening up the doors to possible love for aqua if aqua doesn't take kana will aqua play through with the show and actually get together one of these girls either just with um you know for the publicity or truly you know for for true love right because that is a big thing with the show is that uh, many times the actors will get together in real life and it's not just um not just to put on a face it is like it is like real you know um, so I'm sure that's something that Khan is very worried about, where it's like, oh no, <laughs> I, I love him. Um, and then, uh, and then the very, uh, more like comedic side of this episode is, is, uh, is, is Pion, the masked bodybuilder, um, great character. I, I hope we see more of him and not just this one episode, cause he's incredible. Um, he comes in to help promote them because he has a huge channel. He brings in a hundred million yen, which is, um, I believe about, about a million dollars a year, million dollars a year off YouTube, that's incredible, that's, that's the goal, (laughs) um, so he does that, and he helps, and then, you know, he, I I do love his character, though, because, you know, I, you know, I love what he says in the beginning of, of his video that he has with, uh, with Ruby and, and Kana, which is, like, I don't, um, I don't sacrifice my content, you know, he's not just, oh, let's make a collab video, like, 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 I'm still gonna make good content out of this, you know, um, and so what he does is he's, like, okay i'm gonna you know and and so their video is him having challenging ruby and kana to keep up with him for an hour and like he's like a strength training bodybuilder or like endurance or whatever stamina whatever all the all the keywords (laughs) let's just throw them all out there um and he's like and they they actually keep up with him, which 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 is good because you know you know they, they end and he's like oh i was just gonna do some fun do some good editing to make it look like you kept up with me but you actually kept up with me which again you know he even says like well the the viewers would aren't gonna know the difference but the people on set know the difference you know like i know the difference you know y'all y'all have earned my respect you know i i like you guys and people also in the company that um will see the behind the scenes like 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 they you know they may give a nod to you as well so um you know i you know i think that's really good that um that that plays well for them to show that they are truly committed to this where they are going to go and they're not just like you know they're not complaining and whining the whole time like oh okay can't we just do 20 minutes and you kind of edit it like they were like no we're gonna do this because we need this um which is again great you know again i i love that that pion said that where he was like i i like you girls you know like oh good yes um and then they have a group name and Kana doesn't really care too much which I guess is playing to her whole outlook where she's still not 100% on this she maybe regrets it a little bit um and Ruby's all in obviously and so she names the group B Komachi which is I'm pretty sure the same exact name as um as I's group so it's very uh very very funny there um just playing more to you know the relationship that she has obviously no one else knows this like Kana and you know i i don't think it's public because that's you know that's something that i saw with um i'm still like not 100 percent sure on this anymore because now this is making me because like yeah it wasn't public right because that, that that's something that i was i was going back and forth on like episode one right where i was like so do people know that ruby and aqua are eyes kids like like did that come out afterwards but no, right? Like the, the, like, like, the part of it that came out was not that, oh, no, I had kids. It was I had a, a, a secret boyfriend. That was a thing. Aqua and Ruby were able to get adopted um, very quickly, like, right after the, the tragedy to kind of avoid that, right? Okay, so no one knows, right? So it's kind of playing more and more to that, which, which is cool. And it's a lot to live up to, too. Like Like, Ruby picking that name is like, you have a lot to live up to. You know, so great episode. Um, you know, like I said, the whole first half with um, you know, Kana, you know, I'm I'm definitely coming more and more around on Kana. It's not that I dislike Kana in the beginning, but um, coming more and more around on on her character, you know, kind of peeling her character back and um, you you know, seeing more and more of the like human side of her is very nice. Um, and then Pion is a great addition to the cast, probably not gonna see him too often, but. It'd be nice to see him, you know, every now and again, cause he's he's great, right? Um, and then them again, moving forward with the idol stuff, we got Kana here. Not really enough to have an idol group, I don't think, but um, they they can at least start with the whole like, YouTube stuff. They can, you know, they can start getting some sort of recognition. They have a group name now, um, and now let's start, let's let's start doing stuff. So um, yeah, and also the, the like, little tiny bit of Aqua in here excited to see more of him on the reality show and to see where that goes and relationships and all that stuff so um yeah another good episode and that is it another isekai for this week um again i feel like pretty much every episode was a banger um some more than others you know i feel like bangers for different reasons right like there were a couple this week that i feel like were bangers because of the setup that they had um whereas others were bangers for the actual content in the episode um but good good all around um, again, we're getting there, about halfway through the season. Um, we're on we're heading to that back half, so that, you know that's where we're going to see a lot of things kind of come together, um, a lot of twists and turns, um, and yeah. And right around now is where we kind of start, you know, kind of in the back of our heads, but we're starting to see, okay, what's what what's coming up in the summer, you know, because right now we're spring twenty twenty three. What's the uh, what's the summer twenty twenty three lineup looking like, you know? um but yeah so that is pretty much it um yeah that's it let me know uh what were your favorite uh episode or episodes of this week what ones you're looking forward to the most for next week and um yeah guess that's it until next time watch more anime